Welcome to Noclip, the podcast that's like a book club for people who don't think that books reward them enough for being good at them. I'm Chad Rutherman. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're going to be talking about Sacrifice, a game that was developed by Shiny Entertainment, published by by Mark Teal. Good job, Mark. (laughs) Gold star. Uh, And released in 2000 on Windows and Mac OS. But first, if you give us a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. Hit that like button. Uh, Sacrifice is a uh, it's a real time strategy game, and we have reached the di- the very early this year. It within one week of each other, the fan brewery dichotomy, <laughs> because the first game we did was a game that we were both like. Well, you know, we maybe, if we had known about this game before, mm-hmm. we might talk about it. Because it's a game that seems like something that we would do. It's something that drew our attention almost immediately. Uh, and then, this is an RTS game. Uh, we do, uh, we have a spreadsheet for February that, and on that, we vote each of us, like, how likely are we to talk about this game? This is the first game, I think, in over both years, that has just scored a one from both of us. <laughs> we were like, no chance are we going to play this outside of February. Uh, and here we are, t- talking about it in February. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, I, I don't like RTSs. Same. Uh, personally, um... I don't think that they're, like, bad or anything. They're just super not my thing. Um, but I, I do think... It's one thing that's interesting about this game, though, is I think if I had seen it, it would be, like, a in-the-back-of-my-brain thing. Like, oh, maybe we should do that for the podcast, because it seems really weird. <laughs> um, and one thing that makes it... It's weird that my brain works this way, or my preferences are like this, but... The fact that you control a character in third person makes it much more appealing to me. It kind of blows my mind how much more. <laughs> yeah. So I, I have played... It's interesting because I, I agree with you. I, I think that the, the idea of controlling a character and having direct impact on the fights with your own little dude mm-hmm. is actually something that does make the game more appealing to me. However, my RTS background, like the games that I have played, I know 100% that games where you control a character are the games that I hate the most. (laughs) (laughs) Because the other RTS games that I've played in my life uh, are what most people would say, similar to the way that we are with uh, adventure games, I think if you're an RTS fan, everything that we say is going to be like woefully unprepared. Uh, and and because we're just not well versed in the genre, we're not the people to to be talking about this in an objective way. But subjectively speaking, I've played like the granddaddies of the of the the genre. I've played StarCraft, StarCraft Two, uh, a couple of the Red Alert games, and uh, what's the the fantasy one? <laughs> it's weird that I can't fantasy one. <laughs> well, there's like the one where you type in cheesesteak jimmies and it gives you food. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. Somebody heard that and was like, "You're an idiot." Of course, it's it's this, uh-huh. uh, but it's not coming to me right now. I'll, I'll we'll eventually think of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I've played those games, and the legacy of sacrifice is very clearly more a Pikmin 
or mm. Brutal Legend, where it's a game where you have an immediate player character that you're you're controlling, uh, and then you create units, and those units go do all the grunt work for you. Uh, but I don't know. These games, it, they do seem more appealing to me as well. It's just like it feels more like an action game, something that I'm familiar with, and less clinical, I guess, than yeah. like the top down. Yeah, it just it feels more like similar to other games where like you play a character like right. it, you feel very disconnected or at least i know i do for like what's happening when you're like an abstracted like god that is like you know sending all the the troops to their deaths yeah you know good and evil is one of them yeah but it isn't the one i'm thinking of is it warcraft it's not war i've never played warcraft <laughs> weirdly um yeah, I, I actually I never thought of the comparison to Pikmin, even though it seems like an obvious one. Um, but yeah, like I have no idea. Yeah, as you're implying, I have no idea if this game's actually any good or not, because <laughs> like I have less experience than you do um, with real time strategy games. Um, I've probably I played like a couple probably at like a friend's house as a kid and don't remember what they were. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm working with here. <laughs> Uh, that's fun. Uh, I have played a lot of campaigns, essentially, uh, and I don't know that I finished any of them, uh, mm. because it is just like a, uh, it's a, it's a genre that is very fiddly with its mechanics, uh, and it's not one that I have a lot of experience in, and the combination of that is if I didn't spend a huge amount of time with them, which I never did, then they are too hard to play and this game is not different i wasn't able to complete this game because it became too hard for me uh and i chalk it up to inexperience with the genre i also chalk it up to a limited time that i actually had to play it um had i spent more time with it maybe i could have gotten through it seems like this game is a little bit easier than other games in the genre at least to my knowledge uh but it did, that did not stop it from hard-walling me, uh, like, two-thirds of the way in. <laughs> yeah, one thing, at least from my, my perspective, that makes it kind of difficult, or at least it made it difficult for me, is, like, is the third-person perspective. Even mm -hmm. though I like it a lot, um, it can make it kind of hard to, like, split up your units and, like, to select things and, like... If something happens like across the map, it can be really hard to like get to it, yeah. and uh, it it, it makes things more cumbersome. Where they would be like the pulled back, like top down kind of camera you usually have is what RTS is used for a reason, right? Um, and it it is interesting to see a game tackle it, but um, I think more changes would need to be made to make it work. Which is why I kind of wish I had played Pikmin <laughs> uh, to like make some comparisons, but I can't. Yeah, there's an there's an interesting sort of push and pull with this game uh, to go on like just talking about mechanics because I think we, it's sad, but it is going to be the thing that we have the least to talk about. Uh -huh. Like we can talk about some stuff with these mechanics, but we're gonna hit a wall on them and be like, hopefully that's enough for you to understand what the game's about. Let me tell you about Nigel Thornberry. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> this uh, th this game has like a couple of different mechanics that I envision as being there to 
make the third person thing more palatable. I do want to address the first thing though, which is managing troops, what they call micro in the in the genre, like your micromanagement. Uh, it is hard, impossible, <laughs> maybe even, uh, because the only way to do it from the third person camera, from my estimation, is to get all of the ones of a certain kind. So you can do that by double clicking and then moving them over here and then just repeating that until you have manageable groups. And yeah. by the time that you've separated them out, the uh, you, you lost the game. Yeah. Somebody has assaulted you and murdered. You can't really do it on the fly very well. Right. So you have to end up using the minimap, but the minimap does not differentiate between what fucking unit you're trying to select. Like, I, no, I don't want to send my one HP mana battery characters out to go assault a, a fucking <laughs> encampment. Like, I want the the tank man to go do that. And there's no way to tell it on the minimap to do that. And I couldn't figure out if you could deselect something and, mm. like, leave the rest of the group alone. Because you shift-click to put another guy in your selection. Mm -hmm. But like it eventually got way out of hand for me <laughs> and I just couldn't deal with it. Like I, I, there were definitely times, especially early on when I could get away with it. I was just like putting everyone and just saying, guard me. And then just running my face into stuff and being like, they have to attack it because that's the <laughs> command. I gave. <laughs> I, I would pick the circle formation and then have everybody guard me. Yeah, I would do pretty often. Yeah. Ma mana whores in phalanx formation, right. so they'd be behind me, and then everybody, literally every other thing, skirmish formation in yeah. front. That was like my go-to, and that's when I felt like I was like, I'm getting this. <laughs> I know what skirmish formation is, obviously. Uh, and then I was trounced <laughs> many times. Yeah, the mini map feels like it is stapled in there, uh, <laughs> like to try to address the gripes that we have. But mm -hmm. yeah, it just doesn't work. No, it's like oh, like give them the ability to like have a bigger view of the battlefield, but it's like the size of a, uh, what is it, a silver dollar? No, uh, like it's a little bigger yeah, than a regular. It's bigger than a quarter, but right. like it's still pretty small. <laughs> Um, yeah, like the size of like a pill bottle cap or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's in like, um, trying to divide your troops on the fly. Like you'd have to like stop and like zoom in on the mini map and like to be like, okay, no, these are the guys I'm trying to select. Uh. And like, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't lend itself. Cause like the third person perspective, I think, like you said, kind of makes it feel a little bit more action-y and it, it lends that pacing to the gameplay you're running around right. uh, do, actively doing stuff so like anytime you need to like reevaluate and you know do the strategy part you have to like stop and that really go they don't gel no not so much especially like in what is this i mean i guess the that's where the challenge of the game is supposed to come from right it's like you're in an active battlefield mm -hmm. you have to be able to manage the stuff and do that at the same time but the camera is not letting you do it the camera zooms in and out mm -hmm. but it's like a it's not nearly enough because i've never had it not all the way zoomed out 
That was just the only way that I could play the game. And even then, I found myself being very imprecise with everything that I was trying to tell them to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it was, and it was a lot to keep in in mind. Like it, this is coming from I, I don't know if this like if this is a technical privilege. <laughs> But it is a privileged position to be in to play games predominantly developed for a modern audience. Because when you go back to these games that were more targeted at a specialist audience of people who have played Command and Conquer, that's the game I was trying to think of, Mm. uh, before, and I come back to it having virtually no experience and then expecting to be able to do anything, I couldn't remember whether to left or right click stuff like half the time. I was like, uh, it's one of these or those. I hold the right click. That's how I go into skirmish formation. <laughs> I got that part down. Yeah, I'm glad that wasn't just me. No. Like, like when you're, I was going to like attack stuff, I would like, I think it's left click and I would right click all the time. Right. Or vice versa. Yeah. I think it actually is right click. Uh, yeah. Well, whichever <laughs> one it is, I would do the wrong one. It's like, just proving our point. Neither of us are really sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. One thing, though, I, I really like a lot of the ideas on paper, though. Like, I think this game has a lot of cool concepts. Um, running around the world and having to, like, find the other wizard, if there's another wizard in the level, um, the other uh, wizard's, like, shrine or whatever it's called, Mm -hmm. and, like, you have to desecrate it, like, by sacrificing one of your units. It's, like, really cool. Like, all the little guys come out, and they, like, do this, like, creepy, like, tribal sacrifice dance, and then you go (laughs) kill the wizard, and they can't respawn. Right. Um... There, there's like a cool um, just feel to it because like this game also has a multiplayer mode so like I think that w- those d- influenced each other's design I think like having another character like on your level running around who's also summoning units and like you can run into them and have like a fight right. like in the middle of the level it, it feels really cool and like fast paced and interesting yeah it's a it's a really cool system in my opinion because it's like if you play starcraft and you are if you and that you if you play it like you're playing sacrifice and are a big idiot (laughs) and just take all of your troops and walk away from your base and somebody just comes up and fucks your shit while you're gone uh you've lost that game uh, not technically they have to go, like, kill everything or, you know, c- complete an objective. But in this game, you can take all your shit, run away, run into somebody else, die, and then that's a setback. You go back, you can rebuild. Uh, as long as they haven't desecrated your shrine, you still have that opportunity. And I think that the game most likely was made with that multiplayer as its focus, and then the single player is just an extension of the multiplayer with AI opponents, essentially. Uh, at least a lot of the levels sort of boil down to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's interesting. They even demonstrate sort of like team-ups. Like you can have two people on the same side or like two like people representing three different gods, but two of them are allied in yeah. this instance. Uh, and a lot of that stuff is very cool and, and works well. And we'll get into it later. Uh, because I think there's more to talk about here, but it also has that, like, the way that you unlock things is by what god that you choose as you go through the story, and I think that's a really interesting mechanic as well. The, mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff here 
that builds a very compelling argument. And the game is even sold on being like the simple version of an RTS. Uh, but it was still a little <laughs> bit too much. <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's hard to know, like, it's hard to, like, get in depth, as we keep saying, because we're, like, baby RTS <laughs> noobs. But, um, yeah, like, there were times where I would go into levels, um, like, I don't remember what level it was, maybe, like, the fourth or the fifth one, and I, I picked Stratos as the god, uh-huh. and he was, like, the neutral party between these other two, and it was like, hey, you know, do this for me, and we can, like, maybe settle this blah, blah, blah. And I would go in, and... I would like, you know, like get my, you know, mana whores and I'd go and I'd set up the first mana fountain thing. Mm-hmm. And then I'd like summon my troops and then I would just like start walking and it would be like defeated. <laughs> <laughs> like within like three minutes. And I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Like there were times where like it really felt like the challenge felt like or like even that's an extreme example but there would be times when i was like up in like combat and i would just like get destroyed and it just like and then like i would like maybe do like a couple things like different like just and by that i just mean like summon a different like number like like uh, percentages of each like different type of unit and then i would go and it would like work out okay uh yeah so like I don't know. I, I lack the, I guess, the nuance to really know, like, what it takes to, like, crest the hill, like, <laughs> get over the hump, jump the hurdle to, like, get into the game. Yeah. So I never quite did. Yeah, and I, I think there's a, and this might verge a little bit too far into design in terms of, like, what we're actually talking about right now. But one of the th- those things that, like, now I don't know if I've if I had a situation where I lost before I like saw anyone else. Yep, and it happened like five times in a row to me. <laughs> so I don't know what was going on. Yeah, like maybe you just had to get somewhere fast. I don't. I'm not sure. Yeah. But one of the things that I kept running into as an issue is that like I didn't feel like the utility of each of the units was really explained very well. They get like a a blurb. When the first time that you summon one, yeah, from your familiar, from your familiar, but the actual like in combat, I don't know who's doing what. I know that ground units can attack flying units, mm-hmm. archers and flying units can attack flying units. Yeah, so you have to have that's intuitive enough. Yeah, that one makes sense. That's Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Uh, does it have reach? It can probably hit a bird. Uh, but then, like, I would get these other units that seemed pretty good, and then other units that didn't seem like they did anything at all. Uh, there, there's a there's a thing that I had from very early on that was called, like, the Lava Tick, mm. and it was a little bug. I mean, it was huge. It was a giant bug. Uh-huh. Uh, and it shot a laser beam. And according to the description, the laser beam drained energy from its target, I could not see this happening in action, <laughs> so I, it just seemed like it fired a non-damaging laser beam every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, it was, it was weird because it was like, do I, su- is this doing something and it's just imperceptible to me, mm-hmm. or should I stop using souls on this and instead use them somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was. It made, like, every fight that I was in, like, was a little confusing, because I didn't know exactly what to do. And I found that, like, 
I would want to cast damaging spells myself to try and make up for not understanding how the units worked, and yeah, that's never really I think the good option. You are supposed to do that, like some, yeah, like I'm... your units attack like fight the enemies while you like blast the structure with lightning bolts or whatever uh, like okay, that yeah, sort yeah. of thing gonna break down the structure with your lightning yeah bolts. or you i mean you could split your uh units if you want to like that way there's like multiple ways to approach it but that does require you to split your units yeah. which you're not gonna be able to do <laughs> yeah because you're me i think that's yeah if you're good at the game you could do that you could probably do that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah but um yeah and and once again like the third person camera makes it difficult to like because like i kept summoning like just basic ranger uh units and like i never really like noticed what they were doing on the battlefield (laughs) it seemed like they died the most but it made sense i was like are these guys any good uh i guess i'll keep using them like they don't seem like they're bad but like it is kind of hard to tell like what you like what you're saying like what each unit is good at Right. I actually went the longest time without, and I might be showing my ass a bit here. I was like, I don't even have ranged units. Uh, like the way that oh, I set yeah. up, I didn't think that I had gotten any. And I think maybe I did actually, but I couldn't tell mm. because they weren't marked as like a ranger. Yeah. Like the icon, they were like, they had like their arms like this and they had a little bow in their hand. Is that like, for anything of, that is a ranger? I think so. Okay. And that's the exact kind of detail that you wouldn't notice. Right. Well, I noticed <laughs> it in the tutorial. Yeah. When there were people with bows. It, well, I know <laughs> there are. Um, but Dep- I had flame minions. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on which gods you pick, you get access to different units. Right. So it might have been different for you. Yeah, and I'm not sure if those units had a range capability or not. But then just the order of things that I was do- that, that I did things in, it just felt like I never had them. Mm. I remember being in fights where there were birds, and they were fighting my birds. And I was just like, well, I'll just let them do that <laughs> and i'll leave and go do something else and it mostly worked out for me as far as the birds went but then the rest of everything else came collapsing down around me like mm-hmm. the house of cards that it was uh uh i mean i don't have any more notes on the mechanics <laughs> um i do kind of i feel like maybe though we could talk about like the do you have do you have any thoughts on the levels themselves or like the maps yeah not great ones, I'll say. <laughs> I think of of the design elements of this game, I really liked a lot of them. And the one to me that stood out was the maps. And once again, I might be feeling a little bit uh, of that used to modern games mm-hmm. and how they look. Uh, and I only know this for reasons I'll get into at the end. But it seemed like people liked they said it was colorful and nice when this game came out like in the year 2000 but to me everything seemed very annoying and bland it was uh there were just like big holes in the ground that were there for no reason and it was just like it it made it so that and i understand the utility of it in a real-time strategy game because you don't want to just have straight line paths to everything because it would make the combat and planning very boring. You need to like choose locations based on terrain and control them and set up a some kind of bunker defense thing. But I found myself just walking 
in the third person and coming across a cliff mm-hmm. and being like, oops, I give up, I guess. I have to turn and go somewhere else. Uh, y- You're correct. I assume, yes, it is like that for mechanical reasons. <laughs> but one thing I think is cool about the game is they have an in-game reason for it. Because like, if you look at the map the like the world map is like broken up into a bunch of little islands right and like the idea is that like like the world is like broken apart um through events in the story so like the fact that there's like big like craters in the ground is like justified through like narrative stuff right i think it's a kind of a cool idea but yeah it is it can be inconvenient like uh there was a level where it was like maybe the second or third one. I was like in like a desert area and there you were supposed to get over to the enemy uh shrine and it was like really hard to figure out how to get there cuz there were just big craters. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not intuitive to get around when there's big holes in the ground. Mm-hmm. And I mean obviously it you can use the map, but it does use the RTS typical fog of war system where you have to actually go somewhere before you know what's in the area. Yeah. So, and yeah. it feels bad to like not know where to go. Cause you're just like walking around and aimlessly. Yeah, aimlessly. <laughs> yeah. Isn't, there isn't anything to do. Yeah. Yeah. I would always just end up like, I would lay eyes on, the like a a fire from the mana fountains and yeah 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 the, would just make my way to those that's just how i guided myself yeah. around it i think it that's what you're works. supposed to do yeah yeah it seems but it does it compounds the the issues that we had before with the third person system is that you end up like just kind of wandering sometimes and because the terrain isn't always cleared you're not always looking ahead of you because the mini map is so there and so helpful uh that i never wanted to 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 to, like plan a route and it would end up walking into cliffs especially during fights that would just take place and i would be on the edge of a cliff and be like well i guess my back's to the wall and i didn't know it until just now uh but I don't know. They give you a couple of things to get around, like with the teleport spell, mm-hmm. and I, it's sort of the guardian mechanic. You can assign a creature to guard a structure, yeah, and then that sort of alerts you if somebody is attacking. So it'll be, oh, your creatures are being attacked. Right. Great. I'll <laughs> teleport over there right right away, and then I don't, and then it gets destroyed, and I don't care. Uh, and this is why I lose the game. But yeah, I, I don't know. I found the maps to be. I mean, they're interesting looking for sure, uh, but I don't think that they really. If it was a flat plane, I think with my level of like understanding of the game, I might not know the difference right now. <laughs> You're like, I swapped out all the map files with just a gray square. I'd be like, I was, I was crying. There were <laughs> tears in my eyes. I did not. I couldn't see. I didn't know that you had done this. <laughs> To, to switch gears a bit, uh-huh. um, when you started the game, did you think that the game was supposed to have a character creator? Oh, yeah. And, like, spend, like, a couple minutes trying to, like, <laughs> figure out how to edit the character? Because there's, like, a button that says... Create character? Yeah. Or uh, new character, I think. There's, like, a new character, and then there's, like, edit character, but it's yeah, just his name. select character. Yeah, you just type in a name, 
but it looks like it's set up like a character creator for an RPG. Oh, it sure is. And given that, like, you play as, like, a bug man <laughs> in the tutorials, like, I don't know. I thought there would be, like, different characters to choose from, at, at the very least. Yeah, I did also think this and <laughs> was a little bit dizzy. Because the character, Ske- S- S- Skelly, I don't remember His what its name is. Eldred. Is the main character's name Eldred? Oh, you mean the bug? The from... bug. Oh, that I didn't write that name down. Well, I also don't remember. I didn't it's remember Eldred the... either, so yeah, that yeah. was a good call. <laughs> um, yeah, I figured I should write down the main character's name. Yeah, um, but the, the um the bug character's name started with an S. I don't remember. Yeah, it's like S S K or like S T. It had a Y in there. Yeah. I don't remember. But that the bug character, uh is just a much cooler design than mm. the current character who just kind of looks like a like a lizard man. <laughs> I thought he looked like a character from like Soul Reaver or something. Yeah, he could kind of be a Soul Reaver kind of guy, yeah. which is appropriate cuz I named my version of the main character Soul Man. Uh, <laughs> uh, I named mine Galgastone. <laughs> Perfect. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, I was also hoping like either a toggleable like choose, but this game took me by surprise in terms of like the player choice that it has in multiple ways. It's just in this case, it was that I didn't have any, uh-huh. uh, but it's fine. Cause if I had known that the main character was voiced by Roy Campbell from Metal Gear Solid, I would have picked him anyway. Because mm-hmm. dude's got a great voice. Yeah, it, just, it felt like a very two thousands character design, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like if he was, he's just like gray. <laughs> I feel like if he had more colors in his color palette, it wouldn't be so bad. That's true. I think that they, they did so much to like separate the gods by color, yeah, make him neutral. Yeah, it was probably the way what they were thinking. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. But, like, it w- would have been cool if he was a little bit, a little more fun to look at. Uh, not that I had any fucking idea what he looked like, honestly. <laughs> like, this is such a... It's such a I, <laughs> the I don't, game is so hard to play. If you imagine the character from Soul Reaver and made him gray... That would be this guy. Kind of. Fair He's enough. got that kind of energy. <laughs> like, kind of like a... Like a demon-y looking guy. He does have kind of a demon thing. And, like, the game talks about demons as well. But not in the context of your character. That Even though he is, he looks more like a demon than most other... I guess not Marduk. <laughs> <laughs> the Dreaded. Yeah. Uh, who Whose deal I never really got to figure out, but mm-hmm. that's fine. I did read the plot summary. Oof. Um, that's good yeah i, I kind of like how all of the units and like the creatures looked a little bit fucked up true like they looked a little bit demonic oh yeah some of the ones that i had because I, I took i would say that i i served only evil <laughs> uh up until a midway this counts as a mechanic uh-huh. uh halfway through the game or maybe a little bit over half i'm not actually sure uh they get they play a uh, audio drama. Some mm. people talk. There's a cutscene. There's a cutscene, some dialogue, and then it says, "What will you do?" And then it says, "Nothing." Or, I pledge myself to justice. <laughs> and I was like, 
What is th- what is this me? I was like thinking back on the on the cutscene I had just watched, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't think anyone asked me a question, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to just say I'll do nothing. So sure, I pledge myself to justice, whatever. And what that apparently means is you no longer get to choose any gods except for Persephone or James. Mm. And then I pick James, and then the little thing that shows you the levels just auto-populated the rest of them with James. (laughs) So I was only allowed to play James for the rest of the game. Uh, And so... Some of the units that I had, especially really early on, were just straight out of uh, fucking D&D monster manual. Like, mm-hmm. terrifying creatures of the nether realm come to reeve souls, etc., etc. And then later on, it was like, you got like a guy who throws a rock. <laughs> and I was like, man, I like this creature design a lot less <laughs> than the creepy, fucked up, demonic ones. Yeah, I, um, I went in... And I gravitated to Stratos. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it, it. I thought it was interesting, like that. It has like the whole setup with the gods, and I think they kind of into like. There's a lot of things that feel like intuitive, or like well integrated into the design, where it's like obviously like a gradient spectrum, mm-hmm. and Stratos is like the chaotic neutral one, <laughs> uh, who seemed who was also voiced by Tim Curry and seemed like the most fun. Correct. So yeah. I went for him. And a similar thing happened to me, but it was even before that choice came up. Like, I think I helped James twice in a row, and it was just kind of, like, locked me into his path. Uh, I don't know if it's really easy to side with James, with Earthworm Jim, um, but uh, that happened to me, too. <laughs> yeah, it's weird how, how it locks you in. Because, like, to me, that was, like, one of the most appealing things about this game like yeah from a... like it did it kind of like without dialogue like it did it like organically like you which gods you choose influence the story mm-hmm. and it didn't like lampshade it yeah and it influences both the story and the mechanics because you get the units and spells from the god that you're helping so there's like multiple things pulling you in different directions uh and so even though i went like pyro pyro uh, fucking Charnel is mm-hmm. that his name? Yeah, Charnel. It it still ended up in the end locking me into one track, uh. and it just feels so bad to do that. Yeah, uh, especially like without. I mean, I could have reloaded a save, but I would have had to have repeated a level, and I said no, sir. <laughs> I'm surprised that Pyro is the one you went with. I assumed it was Charnel <laughs> when you said you went evil. <laughs> well, I did. I went. I was like Pyro, Pyro, Charnel, Charnel. Mm-hmm. And then I think I got locked into James yeah. after that. Pyro is my least favorite character and the oh. only god I never picked. <laughs> <laughs> I never picked Persephone or Stratus. Uh, uh, I only I, I picked only the two that were on the, the yeah. red and black. Which we do have to mention, <laughs> I have to mention, they did just jack the entire Magic the Gathering color wheel mm-hmm. for this, the color pie, because we had the smart blue, the impulsive red evil black which is an oversimplification but this is the magic gathering uh-huh. podcast persephone nature green and the peaceful one james is white and it's literally just all it's the yeah. fucking same 
and I found that to be pretty funny. And I know that somebody there had <laughs> yeah. to be a big Magic the Gathering fan. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I lean toward the red and black side. And then it kind of just shunted me over into mono white, which is probably why I ended up leaving the game early. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Pyro, Pyro's got, uh, I liked his voice a lot, really. Yeah, yeah, it's kind yeah. of what it was for me. Yeah, I love that voice actor. He's mm-hmm. the uh, narrator for Baldur's Gate. So I, I am kind of attached to his voice, <laughs> but like. I just found everything about the character unappealing. <laughs> you didn't like that he looked like the bad guy from Space Jam? <laughs> no. <laughs> I did not like that he looked like Danny DeVito from Space Jam. Uh, well, then I don't. I thought I knew you. You know what? We're going to have. Here's what we're going to have to do uh-huh. we're going to have to go to counseling and reconcile this <laughs> issue and then. Then, only then, mm-hmm. will we come back and talk about uh, the themes and story of the game. Uh, so let's take a break. I fucked up. Yep. <laughs> After the break, break. <laughs> it's my turn. Yeah, it, was like, it, it was like watching a train wreck in slow motion. It was like, I knew that was going to happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah. Uh, so we we talked a bit, and by a bit, I mean for the entire first half about the mechanics of the game, which we didn't fully understand, uh-huh. and we're bad at executing. We did not have the APM <laughs> to properly <laughs> micro and macro our way out of a paper bag. Yeah, uh, we're so, very much not RTS people. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. So let's pivot. <laughs> To the shit that we know about, and that's cool characters and Brad Garrett. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game, the the production value of this game, I bought this game for $2. <laughs> the production value that I got for that $2 is far higher than I expected. Uh, between the music and the actual, like, what it looked like for 2000 and the fact that it all had all professional voice actors, most of whom were names that I knew, w- fucking destroyed my whole brain. I was I didn't expect that from this, and it was shocking, and it and I thought it was really, really spectacularly well done. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, uh, like a lot of the elements of the game carry their own weight in a way that like you don't expect. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, like. I, I don't know if this would have been, like, a AAA release at the time um, or not. But, um, yeah, like, I, the voice cast is, is incredible. Um, what's his name? Marduk. Marduk. Is voiced by the guy who voices Frollo in Hunchback of Notre Dame, the Disney uh, movie. And he, I, he's, like, a famous actor. Like, yeah. your parents probably would be able to tell you his name <laughs> like that. But uh, that was a surprise. He's got a great voice. Um, so yeah, they've got a lot of like great talent, and and um, this game has a quality that um, I feel like I don't know if it was like I was because I was thinking about this before we recorded it was like more common in older games, 
or if it's just like a nostalgic thing where you like only remember the good and interesting games right from times uh from days past <laughs> um in the long long ago um but like it just it feels like there's so many like creative ideas like it's just like brimming with like you could just tell that like everybody making this was just like so stoked to be doing it <laughs> like they can they all put like you know cool ideas into the project um because like you know we were kind of, kind of touching on it and on the first half but like there's so many things that feel like kind of intuitive about the world um and like uh or it's just like well integrated into like the i think this game has really great gameplay narrative integration for its time yeah um like siding with a god and like that influencing the units you get and like the levels you do and like the trajectory of the story and stuff like all just kind of happens like it doesn't have to be told to you um in in a way that like i thought was really cool yeah and even more so than that i was expecting the choice of god i i had i had multiple expectations that this game went against and did so in the best possible way like i thought choosing your god was going to be uh like a permanent thing like you yeah you pick somebody and that's who you're siding with for the entirety of the game um but you can choose each time and they do it in a way that makes some amount of narrative sense as well, because they're just like the gods have way too much going on to care what one individual person is doing. Uh, and that just like they say it and it works and you never think about it again. You're like, makes sense. Now I can decide with whoever I want to. Uh, I thought that when you chose a God, it was essentially choosing like a loadout, like, Oh, the pyro, I'll go pyro and I get all the fire minions or whatever, but they, it's it's additive. You're creating a build, uh, a build that you don't really have any meaningful knowledge of prior to going in. Mm-hmm. But whatever, who cares? Uh, <laughs> and so you end up with like it, it makes every playthrough of the game extremely varied uh, in a way that it's very rare for the time. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think you play nine or ten missions in the campaign. Yeah, but there's a possible forty-five total. To do. Yeah. yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, which is pretty. Yeah, it's it's unexpected. Yeah, like I don't know if it's because we played Inscription, uh, where you have to side with a character uh, at like the midpoint of the game. Um, but uh, I thought the exact same thing. Like I went in, like I, after when I started playing, like I went in, and I went to Stratos first because he seemed the most fun, mm-hmm. um, to me. Uh, and I almost like got up and like came in and asked you which god you went with, right. but I didn't. <laughs> um, and then yeah, was surprised that it was like you got to pick every time. Yeah, and it's like it's cool because you come back after the the level to like the little god realm wherever they are (laughs) the hub whatever it is (laughs) and like they're just like they're having a they're all like arguing about a different thing that's going on and you get to pick a side again um yeah in a way that's like really interesting yeah and it's interesting narratively speaking because it all sort of coalesces around an individual event like it is uh, the rts game formula is all about fighting battles and fighting winning multiple battles is what wins you the war or whatever and that's how the mechanically these games tend to play out so it's interesting to see a game 
with that that structure take a narrative that is everyone is fighting these battles but the battles are all feeding into this like prophecy mm-hmm. and that that is the thing that eventually is going to be the deciding factor as to like who comes out on top in each individual thing yeah and it, it works out because like there is like a like an apocalyptic kind of style event mm-hmm. and like the world is just like shattered to pieces like kind of literally yeah um and they're just like all fucking squabbling to grab power <laughs> which works well with like the with the genre and like the story they've set up right meanwhile your character who you actually play as has like a personal issue with somebody who is not even one of the gods, not even really affiliated with them, uh, which is this comical bat demon looking mm-hmm. thing called Marduk. And I don't really know what his deal was other than you had an oath. Uh, you broke a promise and yeah. he's there to ex- extract his payment from yeah. you. From my understanding, um, you your character is from like a different world or like universe mm-hmm. or whatever from this one. And you, in your home universe had its own apocalyptic style event or like um because like you were like the ruler of it or whatever Mm. and you like everyone was like conspiring against you to like kill you and you summoned marduk to like um kill your opposition and it went horribly wrong as it does (laughs) and your universe is destroyed and you find yourself in this one right uh, so yeah, and and that ends up playing in like, uh, your character sort of brings Marduk's uh, the attention of the gods to the existence of Marduk and yeah. how he's a powerful being and all that. Uh, and so you do end up with this like, it, it does just they give you this excuse at the beginning that the gods aren't going to care what you do because you're such a minor uh, character, but then it ends up building into a thing where eventually they do have to pay attention to the thing that you've brought into their world, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I don't know. I find it interesting, maybe less so because of like, just the implication of the narrative. Like it's something that I could imagine having been done before in a way that I'm just not like mm. connecting to an immediate example, but just because I like the characters a lot. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't, it's very back burner. So it's easy mm-hmm. to kind of forget about, um, cause yeah, it's, it's, it, it's relevant at the beginning and then in the middle and then at the end, you know, it's, right. Yeah. You get a act one, act two, act three reminder yeah. of the plot. So yeah, it is, it's easy to forget about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it doesn't like engage you as much moment to moment. Um, but in the end though, Stratus ends up being the bad guy, um, who was aware of Marduk the whole time and was using him or whatever. And uh, he was actually disguised as, as Mithras, the character from the beginning. Uh-huh. He was like your, it, I don't know if he's your friend. Uh, he's, like, the, he's the blind seer. Yeah. Yeah. But he, yeah. So a formerly friendly person ends up being the bad guy. So all, all cool twists, I think yeah. um, for what it is. Um, yeah, because, like, I initially th- expected the story to just be kind of, like, generic when I first started the game. But, like, Same. I think it's actually, like, a pretty solid story, and it's got, like, cool world building and, like, uh, 
it's really supported by like everything else i think and when you have all those cool details like you should sometimes like a simple story is the best approach to take yeah where a lot of the other elements of this game make up for their uh lack of complexity with a lot of depth Mm -hmm. it's like you can do things in a million different ways like just combinatorially uh the narrative of the game makes up for its lack of of depth with a million shitload of (laughs) conversations that you can listen to uh, because there are so many different combinations of things that the player can do, you end up going through, you you can get a bunch of different versions of the story told to you. Uh, and even if, like, the outcome is always the same, the actual, like, trip there is always new information. And I think that that is very cool. Yeah. And it saves it a bit from being a little <laughs> bit bland. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah. works out. Yeah, I don't even... Maybe it's, like, hair splitting, but I don't even think it really, like, lacks depth. Or it, I mean, it's it doesn't have a ton of depth, but I don't think that's the problem so much as it's, like, a lack of engagement. Yeah, that's probably what I... It, it's not so much that the story doesn't have depth, it's more that it doesn't... It's not at the, it's not the focus yeah. of the game, so you don't get to see a, a whole lot of it. Uh that doesn't have to do with like, oh, this guy built a, a weapon on a rock over here. Go blow it up. <laughs> like, yeah, that's technically story content, but it's not. <laughs> you're just explaining to me that that gun is not good for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I I wish that I would have had like more time to actually play through multiple paths. Like, I'm wondering if it's all possible to, like, manipulate the alliances between the gods and stuff. Right. That would be a very deep-cut thing that I don't know. Because, like, I know, like, it was weird because, like, I know early on I I went to what's, like, the the masochistic evil god's name? Charnel. Charnel. Like, I went to him, like, one time and that like blocked me off from like Persephone. Right, yeah. Um and I just I was I wonder like if that's like at all like manipulatable if you've played the game a few times for like different story paths. Yeah. I I mean I would hope at least the choice of god is because, like, I don't wish my fate upon anyone where you get stuck <laughs> only being able to help uh, fucking TV's Brad Garrett yeah, uh, for the rest of your existence. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird that it shoehorns you uh, into, like, a good ending. Right, <laughs> yeah. It's like, this seems like the kind of game, and, like, maybe this is from, like, a more modern um, lens... But, like, that would really lean into multiple endings, and it seemed like it tried to minimize that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's one of those things, like, I feel like I don't think that it's a modern perspective thing, because I mentioned Good and Evil before. Uh, Editor's note, every time from here on out that I say the phrase good and evil, I'm referring to the game Heaven and Hell, proving that I really don't know anything at all about strategy games. And now that I'm thinking about it, I don't actually know. I've never played Good and Evil, <laughs> and I don't know if it is an RTS or if it's a turn-based strategy. <laughs> it is a strategy game of some kind, uh, but I know that that game lets you choose freely between the titular good and evil, as you might imagine. Right. So it's not like it, it would be, it would have been unprecedented for them to give you the options. Uh, 
and obviously you do have them as long as you commit. Yeah, it just uh, but if you like... break off, there's it wants to throw you into a hole. Yeah, it just it named feels James. like <laughs> feels like it's begging for a different ending for each god. Yeah, but then they make Stratus the the, the villain the at the guy, end at yeah. all times. So also, um, I guess spoilers for inscription i was gonna bring this up earlier i didn't want to spoil inscription uh, yeah so spoilers for inscription seriously inscription's a great game uh <laughs> look it up if it seems even a little bit interesting uh-huh. pause this and go play it uh or skip ahead yeah. a couple if, minutes. if you hit the f- skip oh what are you gonna t- i was gonna no, say I mean, hit the skip ahead 15 seconds I mean, button just, once just <laughs> to make sure it's okay. all i'm saying um but uh, it's interesting that it's the blue character, like the oh, yeah, yeah. as you you compared it to Magic the Gathering. It's like the character that's represented by the color blue, is like the smart, uh, like the intelligence uh, themed one, that is ends up being the bad guy. Yeah, in both games. Yeah, a fucking anti intellectual. These games are problematic <laughs> and need to be stopped. Uh, <laughs> but no, I think there's a. Uh, there's sort of a thing uh, about that. I feel like this is a trope that that we could sort of like work out, like why Stratus ends up being the villain here, mm-hmm. because they are engaged in war. So first of all, all of them are bad, I guess, except James. He doesn't want to be doing war. Yeah, like the neutral um, stance. It feels like relatable to the average person. Yeah, and because he's the smartest one, most likely to be hiding something. Yeah. All smart people are constantly engaging in subterfuge. <laughs> this is a true fact. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it would have been cool if it was able to, if you were able to, through the choices you make as to which levels you play, sort of man- get an ending that doesn't always have to be the same. Uh, yeah, or at I, least the same. Like, yeah, I'm curious, like, what happens factor. if you choose to do nothing? Like, maybe there are more endings that I'm imagining, but it kind of seems like they, they lean into the narrative they've written, so I think yeah. they kind of funnel you towards a specific, uh, a, a more set-in-stone conclusion. Yeah. Yeah, and I'd agree. And I, I do wish there's a little bit more. Or do I? Because I didn't finish the game <laughs> once. <laughs> I hypothetically agree with you. Yeah. Uh, uh, what did you think about, and I realize that this is a weird time to be bringing it up. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. What did you think about the tutorial of this game? Uh, cause it also sort of put me on my ass in a totally different way <laughs> that I liked. So, um, it, it's definitely an interesting part of the game. Um, at first, like when I you look at the menu and it's like tutorial one, tutorial two, tutorial three, you're like, oh god, um, you start getting like blitzball flashbacks. <laughs> um, but like I, I think it's interesting. I like it when a game like makes a tutorial like kind of like fun or like its own little thing. Um, like this game does. Like you get your little um, familiar character that's like that talks you through everything and it is a little long but like it was appreciated for me because i don't fucking know anything yeah about rts's so um i thought it taught the mechanics decently well um but yeah like something like we highlighted on the first half like 
it would have been nice to like get a little bit more information on what the different en- or the different units do but like i think it covered the basics like pretty well yeah i i think that the tutorial and it was intriguing i think it was because yeah. it, it, it keeps you not entirely sure what the main game is going to be like if if you know what the main game is when you go in it's like playing the tutorial is just like another level of the game but we just with a constant voiceover the whole time mm-hmm. uh and yeah i i think that the that the tutorial sort of like funnels people toward choosing persephone as their god uh especially early on her units are really easy to understand mm-hmm. uh what they do and so it ends up being it's like it's easy to see what's happening and so you choose persephone and she ends up being more of a tutorial probably a little bit easier i don't know i never chose her um but the tutorial itself i didn't know that like there's going to be a different character for the main game i still thought there might be a character creator because i was like what's this (laughs) four-armed weirdo doing here i love that i want more of it um but then I walked into the tutorial, started moving around a little bit, and run into the familiar, and I'm like, no fucking way that this is fully voice acted. <laughs> like, they got a guy in a studio to be like, fucking, you can click on the minimap with the middle mouse button, or if you don't have a middle mouse button, hold down the control key and scroll in and out. And I'm like... That's a, they're explaining the alternate key bindings to me in a real human being's voice that goes over three tutorials. And I was like, they were very committed to this tutorial to make it all there. And you go through the whole thing and it's, and yeah, I agree. It's very helpful for the most part. There are a few things that they just say to do. And yeah. I, th- there's a, there's a system in the game called waypointing where, you can tell so, a, a group to do something and then do something else and they'll do it in sequence. Fuck me. I have no idea how... To, I tried following the instructions and didn't get it. I couldn't figure it out either. It's so weird, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, I I swear to God, I'm doing exactly what you're telling me to do. And it didn't explain... And I, it just didn't work. Yeah, I, I just moved on. Yeah, so I just walked away. There's another part in one of the tutorials, I mean, the second one, where it was like, now select all of your units. But apparently I left a unit somewhere behind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I started walking around and I was like, hold on. So I just scrolled out the mini map and just selected the whole thing to go in. It's like the tutorial is great, but it has to hinge on the player understanding what it's teaching it. Otherwise it will break. And I don't hate that. Like it's asking a lot to be able to get this much information into the head of a new player, because if you're not, if you don't understand RTS games, there's a lot of this shit that you're going to be like, why does this matter at all? Uh-huh. Uh, which is sort of what I said, but except I said, I hope this doesn't matter at all <laughs> because I'm not grasping it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so I was really impressed with the tutorial. I, I really was. And I, I thought that the fact that it was all voice acting was shocking to me. Yeah. Like, I think like, exactly what you were just talking about is probably the reason why, like it's really important to teach all this to the player and like having like a charming voice deliver it to you. Yeah. It makes it much less likely you're going to skip all of it. <laughs> um, Yeah. But I, I, it, it, some reason didn't stand out to me as like 
exception or like um unusual in any way uh it, it something about it just feels so like 2000s like western pc game to me <laughs> I, I don't know why like it did the fact that like the, all these voice actors were in the game like felt like it felt like a pleasant surprise like mm-hmm. i was glad it was all there but it somehow felt like not surprising that it was all included at the same time yeah i mean we talked about uh, most of the voice actors that we've mentioned already the voice actor for pyro and for marduk and for uh fucking gilgamesh what's your fucking main character's name oh um eldred eldred uh or Galgastan, Galgastans uh, are <laughs> mostly video game voice actors. They're they're people who have put in work before, and we've seen Tim Curry before in Red mm-hmm. Alert, uh, delivering his classic line about capitalism in space. <laughs> yep. But he, he also uh, he did a voice in Brutal Legend as well. That's true. Another real time strategy game. Yeah, which also uses celebrity voices, just cause. Yeah. Uh, but that's more of a double fine thing. Uh, but yeah, for us going back, like it is, it is a pleasant surprise and it is, their voices we recognize for a reason, I guess. Yeah. I guess I I was surprised to find out that this game had the production value that it Oh did. yeah, no, yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, like there is something about, um, booting up the tutorial, like, because like I, I just, you just told me like a brief description of what this game was i then forgot about it and then you were like you want to do sacrifice and i was like what was that and you're like oh it's like this rts and i'm like oh yeah that one yeah let's do that uh Uh, so i i knew nothing so yeah like booting it up and being like this weird bug man (laughs) like running around and like this like like the epitome of like a 2000s computer game environment with like this little like owl guy like delivering like you're just like yeah it's like you didn't know what you were in for like it felt like mysterious and interesting and that's not saying anything about the ui of the game yeah <laughs> which also just like screams old computer game mm-hmm. your cursor but, is like a little hand yeah but like not too bad though like it was not a bad UI. All, like all like readable but i mean like a lot of older games you look at it and you're like this is so ugly <laughs> or like this is fairly unintuitive i didn't right. realize i could click there Shit like that. And the fact that the tutorial is split into three parts is mm. in on the main menu. Yeah, but it's, it'll link some all together if you just play it. That's true. Yeah. But it is funny to me still. Yeah. That, <laughs> that it is all there. And yeah, it makes it feel more imposing. Yeah, and there's no sub-menu for it at all. They're just like, you gotta do And they're long, too. Mm-hmm. So you get, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's basically it for me. It's just like, I, I think... I was very surprised by this game in a yeah, lot of different ways. And sure. most of them very positive. So mm-hmm. uh, that's good. <laughs> it's a good thing. So uh, why do you think Stratus had a balloon for a head? <laughs> oh, I think actually 
because he's like the neutral one. It's like he goes wherever the wind takes him. Oh, uh, okay. That like could he's be. like wind themed. He so is wind. He's got like a balloon for Ed. He's got oh, he's got his head in the clouds. He, all that too, a little bit, I guess. His lofty idea. He's got a big head. You know, he's got oh he yeah, inflate with more air. Yeah, Infl- <laughs> he's got an inflated ego. <laughs> Airheads are out of control. They are oh, Stratus. He's out of control. <laughs> I also, like, I thought it was interesting, um, like, the way that they were, like, animated. Like, they, they, a little circle would come up in the center of the screen, and, like, they would have, like, a little animation as they talked. Yeah. Like, there was, like, uh, something about the way they were rendered or the way they were lit made them, like, look weird. And, like, in yeah. a cool way. It, like, it, especially Persephone. Like, she looked, like, weird when she popped up. I agree with that. That she was especially odd. It gave me mist uh, because of yeah, the... Yeah, like, the, th- like talking through a little window at you. Yeah, I, I think it must have been... This is just like an el- an, er- an, an <laughs> era of technology that I am just entirely unfamiliar with. But there must have been a reason why putting animated things in boxes... In a little window, yeah. ...was just easier on the systems because it... it it does show up in old PC games where yeah. it's always at, that. At the very least, like with a 3D model, um, like it is in this game, which versus Mist, where it was like live or it was like a FMV. Yeah. Um, like you, that's less animation you have to do. Like anything that's outside the frame can just be static in a T pose. T pose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Did you like the designs? Oh, we kind of already said this. Yeah, I think that it's actually pretty interesting though because they all kind of have a different look like almost like they're like they were kind of pulled from a different game but like in a way that works yeah i think er, like james is the one that stands out the most i think just being an earthworm um it's like a clear reference to earthworm jim i didn't even know this studio is the studio that made earthworm jim right and i picked up on that immediately (laughs) um so I thought like he's the only one that felt like a little much, but like I think it all like there's uh, some kind of glue that's holding it all together. Like Stratos is a guy with a balloon head, True. and it like somehow doesn't feel like it clashes or doesn't fit. Yeah, I, I think like because it is, they are supposed to represent such different things, yeah. like different ideals. Uh, that probably aids in in the fact that th- them looking different doesn't really mm-hmm. clash with your understanding of the game. Uh, in fact, the fact that we first mentioned that it was weird that they were in little circles, yeah. Before we said help. it's weird yeah. that they have a balloon for a head or whatever, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a testament to to the design being actually pretty good. It's it's not like uh, for nothing. <laughs> Yeah, like they're like a pantheon of gods. So, like they all feel like larger than life and like big, like uh, like yeah, like manifestations of like different ideas. Like I guess it makes sense for them to all like look very different from each other. Right. Um. Well, unless you wanted to talk about the music or something. <laughs> uh. No, I can't say I really remember what the music sounded like. Yeah. No, I had there. They had a couple of bangers in yeah, there, but guess, it wasn't anything yeah. like. It did its job. Yeah. Somebody out there is probably a big sacrifice. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Music fan. It's on 
a YouTube playlist. Yeah, I think that's just something that I've like learned about music. Um, is that like key if, matters? <laughs> yeah, yes, key matters. I learned that in like fifth grade. Um, but uh, <laughs> if it exists, like there's someone's probably a huge fan of it. I mean, that's true of like most things. But, like, music, it tends to be, like, even stuff that you find, like, kind of, like, unremarkable. Somebody is like, this is the best song I've ever heard. <laughs> that is true. I think especially with video games. Because, like, the fact that they're playing the whole time that you're playing the game, like, you can get attached to them. Yeah. Plus, people have a tendency to sort of over important put too much importance on games in their lives generally yeah there's more of an identity to it i think maybe as a reason this is just kind of general talk about music while yeah. i try and think of an <laughs> f word to use at the end uh hmm what about do we have desecrated thoughts you know i was thinking the exact same thing so <laughs> let's go with it <laughs> my desecrated thoughts. Um, this, and I don't mean this is a bad thing at all, but is was the hardest game I think to talk about for this podcast, probably since Portal, which was di- hard for completely different reasons. Yeah, because um, it was the tenth episode, and we didn't know <laughs> what to say about a game that we all respected a lot at yeah, the time. It's true. Um, but yeah, so. This is a game, probably, I guess it's the first one we've done that, like, no one on the podcast, like, it was outside of everybody's comfort zone. Yeah, Like, usually, like, one of us is more, is, like, into the game if the other person is, like, completely uh, out of their league with it. Um, So, yeah, like, both of us coming at this from just... uh, as complete outsiders. <laughs> and so, yeah, it makes it hard to kind of like say whether or not, like, as I said on the first half, like, I don't know if this game's really like any good or not. Like if people who like RTSs would like this. Um, but I, I think it's like incredibly cool. Um, it's very unique. Um, and it has a lot of interesting ideas. And I, I really like that. Um, it has a third, person uh camera perspective and like a character you actually play as but at the same time i think that like hurts the gameplay as well um personally um i don't know if people who are really good at it might be able to defend it i don't know but um yeah like it just it it feels like the the third person kind of clashes with the genre but i do i think it's cool like this i feel like there was more genre experimentation around this time things weren't quite as like set in stone as they are these days um so yeah i think it's really cool that this game exists it's got a lot of great things going on great voice cast um a lot of little details like it it gets a lot of those little like world building details and things right that i think like elevate a game um, so yeah, it's got a lot of stuff going for it, but it's just very much not the sort of thing I would ever play. So it's really hard to summarize what I think about it. Um, I'm glad that I've played it. I appreciate like a cool, unique game, but I think I need to dump a lot more time into it to really be able to say like, 
if I'd recommend it to somebody or something like that. So <laughs> that's what I think about sacrifice. All right. Uh, and I, I fucking mostly agree with that. I, I did something for this episode that I don't normally do. I, I'm going to say don't normally, I would love to say don't ever, but I probably have at some point. And <laughs> I wanted to see what other people were saying about this game. Uh, and they weren't. It's it's nobody's really <laughs> talking about this, which makes sense. The game came out twenty three years ago. It's the only game in a series. It's not like it's a big franchise that people can glom onto. Uh, and so I, obviously, I'd never heard of it until it was suggested. And so, look, like looking back at, at it from that angle, a lot of the reviews at the time uh, were very positive. Uh, I believe most of the reviews that were written more recently are also positive, but it's just not something that outside of, I assume, certain RTS circles, I really have ever heard anyone talk about. And to me, that this game being a $2 game, that is sort of a simplified version of uh, RTS systems in... Uh, this colorful, weird, strange, and surprising package, uh, and it not being very long, but if you do like it, it has a ton of depth to to dig into uh, with multiple runs through and the multiplayer, assuming you can find anyone to play it with. <laughs> I think it has local multiplayer. That's, well, well, you'll have to get at least <laughs> one person in your immediate household to also enjoy the game. Uh I think with that, to me, that's enough of a recommendation, but, like, only if you're either an RTS person already or or are looking to get into them or just want to give them a try. Like, I think Sacrifice is actually a very cool starting place for the RTS genre because there you have no expectations going in, uh, except now you've listened to the whole podcast and know everything <laughs> about it, but, like, you go in, there's a stigma when you pick up, a, a like, a StarCraft game. Because it's been being played for 20 years and everybody knows everything there is to know about it. Uh, Sacrifice is a clean slate. I, I think I would recommend it to people uh, if this is something that they were looking to, to try. So, uh, Thank you for listening to No Clip this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be talking... About Gunfire Reborn. Uh, I had to pause for a second because I forgot, but mm -hmm. we're here now. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a, a, a roguelike FPS game. Uh, I don't know too much about it other than it's colorful. I know absolutely nothing about it. Hell yeah. Fanbrewery, baby. <laughs> Going in blind. Going in to Farch. <laughs> Yes, this one will be coming out in Farch. This is definitely, yeah, this will be a Farch game, but yeah. uh, don't let that deter you. For, I don't know, fucking whatever. <laughs> uh, it's, <laughs> until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com. There you can find links to our Twitter, our Discord, where you can suggest your own games for us to play. Uh, you can uh, find our email address our YouTube channel uh, and our all of our old episodes, including ones on 
the Return of the Obra Dinn. Inscription. <laughs> Inscription. I brought it up twice. Hell yeah. Earthworm Jim. Oh, not yet. <laughs> Forget about that one. We're, we certainly haven't talked about Earthworm Jim yet. Uh, we played other games where you align with a deity. Ooh. Elden Probably. Ring. <laughs> it's very similar to this. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Fire Emblem? That's like a... that We did play that. Um, a tactics game. What about Final Fantasy X? Where you fight a whale? Goodbye. <laughs> you said Blitzball earlier. Smash that like button. I always want it louder than it has ever been. <laughs> If we incrementally notched it yeah. up a little bit, well, the, I'd the, be happy. The, the worry is if you, if you go too high, then especially you start to clip all the time. Well, that's supposed to me. <laughs> you know what it means. <laughs>